0: Section Sixty One of the Columbian Orator by Caleb Bingham. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Columbian Orator by Caleb Bingham. Section Sixty One The Dissipated Oxford Student A Dialogue Between a Brother and His Two Sisters lionel lavinia and camilla lionel how do you do girls how do you do i am glad to see you upon my soul i am shaking them hard by the hand lavinia i thought brother you had been at dr marchmont's lionel all in good time my dear i shall certainly visit the old gentleman before long lavinia gracious lionel if my mother lionel my dear little Lavinia, chucking her under the chin, I have a mighty notion of making visits at my own time and appointment, instead of my mamma's. Lavinia, oh, Lionel, and can you just now, Lionel, come, come, don't let us waste our precious moments in this fulsome moralizing. If I had not luckily been hard by, I should not have known the coast was clear. Pray, where are the old folks gone, tantified? Camilla, to Cleves. Lionel, to Cleves. What a happy escape. I was upon the point of going thither myself. Camilla, what is the matter with thee, my little duck? Camilla, nothing. I'm only thinking. Pray, when do you go to Oxford? Lionel, poo, poo. What do you talk of Oxford for? You are grown quite stupid, girl. I believe you have lived too long with that old maid of a margland. Pray, how does that dear creature do? I am afraid she will grow melancholy from not seeing me so long is she as pretty as she used to be i have some notion of sending her a suitor lavinia oh brother is it possible you can have such spirits lionel oh hang it if one is not merry when one can what is the world good for besides i do assure you i fretted so consumedly hard at first that for the life of me i can fret no longer camilla but why are you not at dr marchmont's Lionel? because my dear soul you can't conceive how much pleasure those old doctors take in lecturing a youngster who is in any disgrace camilla disgrace Lavinia. at all events i beseech you to be a little careful i would not have my poor mother find you here for the world Lionel, oh, as to that, I defy her to desire the meeting less than I do. But come, let's talk of something else. How go on the classics? Is my old friend Dr. Orkborne as chatty and amusing as ever? Camilla, my dear Lionel, I am filled with apprehension and perplexity. Why should my mother wish not to see you? And why, and how is it possible you can wish not to see her? Lionel, what, don't you know it all? Camilla, I only know that something is wrong, but how, what, or which way, I have not heard. Lionel, has not lavinia told you then? Lavinia, no, I could be in no haste to give her so much pain. Lionel, you are a good girl enough, but how came you here, Camilla, and what is the reason you have not seen my mother yourself? Camilla, not seen her. I have been with her this half hour. Lionel, what, and in all that time did she not tell you? Camilla, she did not name you lionel is it possible well she's a noble creature i must confess i wonder how she could ever have such a son and i am still less like my father than i am like her i believe in my conscience i was changed in the cradle will you own me young ladies if some villainous attorney or exciseman should claim me by and by Camilla, dear Lionel, do explain to me what has happened. You talk so wildly, that you make me think it important and trifling twenty times in a minute. Lionel, oh, a horrid business. Lavinia must tell you. I'll withdraw till she has done. Don't despise me, Camilla. I am confounded sorry, I assure you. Going and then immediately returning. Come, upon the whole, I had better tell it you myself, for she'll make such a dismal ditty of it that it won't be over this half-year the sooner we have done with it the better it will only put you out of spirits you must know i was in rather a bad scrape at oxford last year camilla last year and you never told us of it before lionel oh twas about something you would not understand so i shall not mention particulars now it is enough for you to know that two or three of us wanted a little cash well so in short i sent a letter somewhat of a threatening sort to old uncle relvil and camilla old lionel lionel oh i did not sign it it was only begging a little money which he can afford to spare very well and just telling him if he did not send it to a certain place which i mentioned he would have his brains blown out camilla how horrible lionel pooh pooh he had only to send the money you know and then his brains might keep their place besides you can't suppose there was gunpowder in the words though to be sure the letter was charged with a few volleys of oaths but would you believe it the poor old gull was fool enough actually to send the money where he was directed lavinia hold hold lionel i cannot endure to hear you speak in such disgraceful terms of that worthy man how could you treat that excellent uncle in such a cruel manner how could you find a heart to swear at so meek so benevolent so indulgent lionel my dear little chicken don't be so precise and old maidish. don't you know it's a relief to a man's mind to swear a few cutting oaths now and then when he's in a passion when all the time he would no more do harm to the people he swears at than you would who mince out all your words as if you were talking treason and thought every man a spy that heard you it is a very innocent refreshment to a man's mind my dear but the difficulty is you know nothing of the world Camilla, fie, brother, you know how sickly our uncle has always been and how easily he might be alarmed. Lionel, why, yes, Camilla, I really think it was a very wicked trick, and I would give half my little finger that I had not done it. But it's over now, you know, so what signifies making the worst of it? Camilla, and did he not discover you? lionel no i gave him particular orders in my letter not to attempt anything of that sort assuring him there were spies about him to watch his proceedings the good old simpleton took it all for gospel so there the matter ended however as ill luck would have it about three months ago we wanted another sum lavinia and could you again lionel why my dear it was only taking a little of my own fortune beforehand for i am his heir so we all agreed it was merely robbing myself for we had several consultations about it and one of us is to be a lawyer camilla but you give me some pleasure here for i had never heard that my uncle had made you his heir lionel neither had i my dearie but i take it for granted besides our little lawyer put it into my head well we wrote again and told the poor old soul for which i assure you i am heartily penitent that if he did not send me double the sum in the same manner without delay his house was to be set on fire while he and all his family were in bed and asleep now don't make faces nor shruggings for i promise you i think already i deserve to be hung for giving him the fright though i would not really have hurt the hair of his head for half his fortune but who could have guessed that the old codger would have bitten so readily the money however came and we thought the business all secure and agreed to get the same sum annually camilla annually oh horrible lionel yes my darling you have no conception how convenient it would have been for our extra expenses but unluckily uncle grew worse and went abroad and then consulted with some crab of a friend and that friend with some demagogue of a magistrate and so all is now blown however we had managed it so cleverly that it cost them nearly three months to find it out owing i must confess to poor uncle's cowardice in not making his inquiries before the money was carried off and he himself beyond the sea the other particulars Lavinia must give you, for I have talked of it now till I have made myself quite sick. Do tell me some diverting story to drive it a little out of my head. But by the way, pray what has carried the old folks to Cleves? Have they gone to tell this sad tale to Uncle Hugh, so that I might lose him too? Lavinia, no, your afflicted parents are determined not to name it, they are striving that nobody else shall know anything of the matter except Dr. Marchmont. Lionel, well, they are good souls, it must be acknowledged. I wish I deserved them better. I wish, too, it was not such plaguy, dull business to be good. I confess, girls, it wounds my conscience to think how I have afflicted my parents, especially my poor mother, who is not so well able to bear it but when one is at oxford or in london your merry blades there i can't deny it my dear sisters your merry blades there are but sad fellows yet there is such fun such spirit such genuine sport among them i cannot for my life keep out of the way besides you have no conception young ladies what a byword you soon become among them if they find you flinching but this is little to the purpose for you know nothing of life yet poor things lavinia i would not for the world say anything to pain you my dear brother but if this is what you call life i wish we never might know anything of it i wish more that you had been so happy as never to have known it you pity our ignorance we pity your folly how strangely infatuated you are but yet i will hope that in future your first study will be to resist such dangerous examples and to shun such unworthy friends pray reflect one moment on the distressing situation of your dear parents who cannot endure your presence through the poignancy of grief what labours and hardships has your poor father encountered to gain wherewithal to support you at the university and what is your return such my dear brother as will soon bring down his grey hairs with sorrow to the grave as for your poor mother, it is quite uncertain whether any of us ever see her again, as your much-injured uncle has sent for her sea to attend him in his sickness, and to-morrow she sets out. She has left it in solemn charge with me to deliver you a message from her, which, if you have any sensibility remaining, will cut you to the heart. Lionel, I know she can have said nothing worse than I expect, or than I merit, Probe me then, Lavinia, without delay. Keep me not in a moment's suspense. I feel a load of guilt upon me, and begin sincerely to repent. She is acting towards me like an angel, and if she were to command me to turn hermit, I know I ought to obey her. Lavinia, well then, my mother says, my dear Lionel, that the fraud you have practised, Lionel, the fraud, what a horrid word, why, it was a mere trick, a joke, a frolic, just to make an old hunks open his purse-strings to his natural air. I am astonished at my mother. I really don't care whether I hear another syllable. Lavinia, well, then, my dear Lionel, I will wait till you are calmer. My mother, I am sure, did not mean to irritate, but to convince. Lionel, striding about the room my mother makes no allowances she has no faults herself and for that reason she thinks nobody else should have any besides how should she know what it is to be a young man and to want a little cash and not to know how to get it lavinia but i am sure if you wanted it for any proper purpose my father would have denied himself everything in order to supply you lionel yes yes but suppose i want it for a purpose that is not proper how am i to get it then camilla why then my dear lionel surely you must be sensible you ought to go without it lionel ay that's as you girls say who know nothing of the matter if a young man when he goes into the world were to make such a speech as that he would be pointed at besides whom must he live with you don't suppose he is to shut himself up with a few musty books sleeping over the fire under pretence of study all day long do you like young melmond who knows no more of the world than either of you camilla indeed he seems to me an amiable and modest young man though very romantic lionel oh i dare say he does i could have laid any wager of that he's just a girl's man just the very thing all sentiment and poetry and heroics but we my little dear we lads of spirit hold all that amazingly cheap i assure you i would as soon be seen trying on a lady's cap at a glass as poring over a crazy old author i warrant you think because one is at the university one must be a bookworm. lavinia why what else do you go there for but to study lionel everything else in the world my dear Camilla, but are there not sometimes young men who are scholars without being bookworms? Is not Edgar Mandelbert such an one? lionel oh yes yes an odd thing of that sort happens now and then Mandelbert has spirit enough to carry it off pretty well without being ridiculous though he is as deep for his time as heir an old fellow of a college but then this is no rule for others you must not expect an edgar Mandelbert at every turn my dear innocent creatures lavinia but edgar has had an extraordinary education as well as possessing extraordinary talents and goodness you too my dear lionel to fulfil what may be expected from you should look back to your father who was brought up at the same university and is now considered as one of the first men it has produced while he was respected by the learned for his application he was loved even by the indolent for his candour and kindness of heart and though his income as you know was very small he never ran in debt and by an exact but open economy escaped all imputation of meanness Lionel, yes but all this is nothing to the purpose my father is no more like other men than if he had been born in another planet and my attempting to resemble him would be as great a joke as if you were to dress up in indiana's flowers and feathers and expect people to call you a beauty i was born a bit of a buck and have no manner of natural taste for study and poring and expounding and black-letter work i am a light airy spark at your service ladies not quite so wise as i am married i am one of your eccentric geniuses but let that pass my father you know is firm as a rock he minds neither wind nor weather nor flier nor sneerer nor joker nor jeerer but his firmness he has kept all to himself not a whit of it do i inherit every wind that blows veers me about and gives me a new direction but with all my father's firmness and knowledge i very much doubt whether he knows anything of real life that is the main thing, my dear hearts. But come, Lavinia, finish your message. Lavinia. My mother says the fraud you have practised, whether from wanton folly to give pain, or from rapacious discontent to get money, she will leave without comment, satisfied that if you have any feeling at all, its effects must bring remorse, since it has dangerously increased the infirmities of your uncle, driven him to a foreign land, and forced your mother to forsake her home and family in his pursuit, unless she were willing to see you punished by the entire disinheritance with which you are threatened but Lionel, oh no more no more i am ready to shoot myself already my dear excellent mother what do i not owe you i had never seen never thought of the business in this solemn way before i meant nothing at first but a silly joke and all this mischief has followed unaccountably i assure you i had no notion at the beginning he would have minded the letter and afterwards jack whiston persuaded me that the money was as good as my own and that it was nothing but a little cribbing from myself i will never trust him again i see the whole now in its true and atrocious colours i will devote all the means in my power to make amends to my dear incomparable mother but proceed lavinia lavinia but since you are permitted said my mother to return home by the forgiving temper of your father who is himself during the vacation to be your tutor after he is sufficiently composed to admit you into his presence you can repay his goodness only by the most intense application to those studies which you have hitherto neglected and of which your neglect has been the cause of your errors she charges you also to ask yourself upon what pretext you can justify the wasting of his valuable time however little you may regard your own finally lionel i never wasted his time i never desired to have any instruction in the vacations tis the most deuced thing in life to be studying so incessantly the waste of time is all his own affair his own choice not mine go on however and open the whole of the budget lavinia finally she adjures you to consider that if you still persevere to consume your time in willful negligence to bury all thought in idle gaiety and to act without either reflection or principle the career of faults which begins but in unthinking folly will terminate in shame in guilt and in ruin and though such a declension of all good must involve your family in your affliction your disgrace will ultimately fall but where it ought since your own want of personal sensibility will neither harden nor blind any human being beside yourself this is all lionel and enough too i am a very wretch i believe that though i am sure i can't tell how i came so for i never intend any harm never think never dream of hurting any mortal but as to study i must own to you i hate it most deucedly anything else if my mother had but exacted anything else with what joy i would have shown my obedience if she had ordered me to be horse-ponded i do protest to you i would not have demurred camilla how you always run into the ridiculous Lionel, i was never so serious in my life not that i should like to be horse-ponded in the least though i would submit to it by way of punishment and out of duty but then when it was done it would be over now the deuce of study is there is no end to it and it does so little for one one can go through life so well without it there is but here and there an old codger who asks one a question that can bring it into any play and then a turn upon one's heel or looking at one's watch or wondering at one's short memory or happening to forget just that one single passage carries off the whole in two minutes as completely as if one had been working one's whole life to get ready for the assault and pray now tell me how can it be worth one's best days one's gayest hours the very flower of one's life all to be sacrificed to plodding over musty grammars and lexicons merely to cut a figure just for about two minutes once or twice in a year camilla indeed lionel you appear to me a striking example of what a hard thing it is to learn to do well after one has been accustomed to do evil how volatile how totally void of all stability one minute you exhibit appearances of repentance and reformation and the next minute all fair prospects vanish how i lament that you were so early exposed to a vicious world before you had gained sufficient strength of mind to withstand bad examples lionel forbear camilla you hurt me too much you excite those severe twinges of remorse which i am obliged to own i have never been wholly free from since i joined my merry companions and began to learn the world notwithstanding my gaiety and my apparent contentment i confess there is something within which constantly admonishes me of my errors and makes me feel unhappy so that if it were not for fashion's sake i can truly say i could wish i were in your recluse situation here to remain in my once pleasant abode and never more mingle with the world lavinia dear brother i cannot leave you without once more calling your attention to your parents your family and your friends think of their present situation if you have no regard for your own character your present or future happiness i entreat you to have some pity for them let not the tyrant fashion bring you into abject slavery pardon me when i tell you your pretended friends are your worst enemies they have led you into a path which will carry you directly to inevitable ruin unless you immediately forsake it that knowledge of the world of which you so vainly boast is infinitely worse than the ignorance which you so much despise believe me my dear brother it is a knowledge which by your own confession never has produced you any happiness nor will it ever but will guide you to wretchedness and misery lionel my dear sisters i am convinced your words have pierced my very soul i am now wretched and i deserve to be so i am determined from this moment to begin my reformation and with the assistance of heaven to complete it never more will i see my vile companions who have enticed me to go such lengths in wickedness what do i not owe to my amiable sisters for their friendly and seasonable advice i will go directly to my father and like the prodigal son fall on my knees before him beg his forgiveness, and put myself entirely under his direction and instruction, and so long as I live I never will offend him again. Lavinia. May heaven assist you in keeping your resolutions. End of section 61